0: Hi, I'm Dave Bazzucchi, founder and CEO at Roblox, and you're listening to Tech Talks, a podcast about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of the metaverse. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the most innovative technologies that have emerged in this new category and sharing stories with the Robloxians that are building them. Today, I'm joined by Dan Sturman, our Chief Technology Officer. We're going to be talking about the rise of the metaverse, where the concept came from, what it means for us at Roblox, and how it's going to transform the way we connect and socialize. Let's get started. Dan, welcome to Tech Talks. It's great to see you. It's a Monday, and it's good to be hanging out with you. Hey, glad to be here, Dave. Very very happy to be chatting with you this Monday. So Mondays are busy. Um, I do one-on-ones all day. So I'm just like, you know,
1: super busy. How was your day today? Pretty similar. A lot of one-ones back-to-back, but, you know, a lot of really interesting and fun conversations as always at Roblox.
0: Yeah. So, hey, maybe we should start by just rolling the clock back and talk a bit about how we, how, we, how you came to Roblox. I, I think there was a meeting a long
1: time ago when we first met, but any color on that? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think when I first got connected, we weren't talking about roles at all. We were just swapping stories on how to run great scaling engineering teams. I think you were basically mercilessly picking my brain on a whole bunch of subjects, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, but I think one thing led to another. You know, I haven't been at a lot of employers. I've really only been at three before Roblox. I don't hop jobs every few few years. Uh, But... um, You know, eventually I got free. I'd taken it some time off and I was trying to figure out what to do next. And that's when we reconnected. And, you know, I was just really intrigued by the breadth of vision of Roblox. I've been talking to a lot of companies. I probably spent three solid months talking to every company up and down the valley. Um, The vision here, though, the vision you have, the vision the company had just super expansive. Um, I was looking for something as the next step where I felt I could impact like every person on the planet. And Roblox has that in that we're creating these experiences we're bringing people together in a completely new metaphor and i was just super excited by that i i honestly had a hard time thinking about what i would do instead so i think that's kind of how we ended up together here hey there's a common theme too dan and that many of the people
0: working in our exec team and a lot of people at Roblox those interactions before coming on board were super super long term so you're not alone i think and i think we have a few members of our executive team that we've known for five or ten years before we got them on board um so as we we're talking and you know we've we've had this vision of the metaverse for quite a while we early on way back in the 2000s when we made our first business plan we had this idea of this new category, and it had elements of social and 3D immersion from gaming and media and all of that. And we more and more are thinking of these five tenets of a metaverse app and the eight tenets of a metaverse. It includes you know, persistence, identity and avatar, the shared cloud fabric, universal accessibility, fast jumping from place to place. Um, an amazing variety of experiences. So what I think is lost on a lot of people is just what a broad technical surface area this is. There's so much to work on. It's as if we're trying to build four companies at the same time. How do we
1: technically get our arms around all this? Yeah, no, I think you called out the big, interesting, both challenge and opportunity, which is that the technical breadth and we're working on is so, so broad here. And so, so you look at some of these things like how do we create a persistent avatar identity? I mean, this is central to what we do in the metaverse. People want to be themselves or, or create an alternate self that really expresses who they are. And that really means we need to think about things like how do we combinatorically combine all different aspects of, of what an avatar looks like, but you could combine that sort of work in like, rich 3D graphics and and game engine design with the fact that our developers come from a massive range of skill sets and want to be able to scale this up. So we need a really rich cloud environment that backs that up. I mean, just taking those two things, how many different tech companies are working both on combinatorial expressiveness while at the same time massive, rich, scalable backends that give even novice developers everything they need to do to kind of build this out you think about then we do all the work again to run on every platform we've put a lot of thought on how do we build a client application that has all this richness but can also run on almost any device we want it to run on so we can reach users wherever they're at Um, we want to interconnect these experiences so that means when you move between them we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff on the back end to ensure that you are with your friends and move between experiences. And remember, all this is being done not by having an elite cadre of developers creating the experiences, want to enable anyone to do it. So that may mean an elite team, a whole company building this, or it may be a, a new person coming to a platform, building in a summer camp for the first time and learning about this. And that new person may have the great unique idea no one had thought of before. So we need to harness all that and make this super accessible for everyone. Yeah. that. You know, sometimes when I'm interviewing people, they say, okay,
0: Dave, what are some of the most important things you're working on? And I come back to the notion we've got over 50 prod eng teams. We just did reviews of all of them. And I think it's fair to say each one of those teams has big visions that are super crazy. And some of them are the things that have never been done around the world. And they have two-year roadmaps and all of that so like man like trying to get all 50 of our teams to that level is just like this interesting challenge but but underneath the covers of roblox i think it's fair to see everyone doesn't quite see that but we're really trying to operate at that level of scale 50 plus teams all innovating and executing
1: like it's it's obviously a mind-blowing challenge for a cto yeah and it's it goes back to that you know why did i join roblox it was this vision and the fact that In all these different areas it's not like we have two we got to be really good at and the rest can kind of just be like okay let's just follow the state of the art because of our scale because of our developer community because of the richness and the newness of the sort of experience we're bringing we really do need to be innovating across all of these things at once i mean even if you think about our cloud a lot of people have built out cloud tech but not cloud tech where You are having a constant interactive experience constantly with um, with a user, you know, on the millisecond to millisecond basis. So it's all very different. And I think for anyone who's into technology, if you're like me, if you're curious and you always want to learn, it's just a really exciting place to be because nothing is boring. Everything is innovative. And it's I, I just love working in that sort of space. And it's, you know, what I try to motivate our teams with and and people who are looking to join the company.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say um, we can't always give all the details on our product roadmap, but we can we can share as a public company some of the vision and the breadth You know, avatar. Oh, my gosh, we're trying to let anyone be whoever they want to be. We're trying to have this combinatorial explosion where any piece of clothing can work on any avatar. We're trying to scale that so that we go all the way from cartoon characters to photorealism. This team on its own feels like it's matured so much with our acquisition of Loom. And it could be more than its own company in some other alternate reality.
1: And one key aspect, you didn't state there because I think it's implicit in the way we think, but I don't think folks listening will necessarily know this all of that comic 12 explosion comes when we are not building the avatar pieces so we need to enable a user-generated content community to some will provide bodies some will provide hats some will provide shirts some will provide guitars on the back all that's got to work together without the ability for us to essentially orchestrate that master plan it makes it really exciting yeah i agree and then on top of all of that you know we've got
0: scale and on top of all this stuff, it's not just a um, hundred or a thousand or a million. It's many million at the same time in real time. Any comments on this other aspect that isn't typically seen by a typical person on Roblox, what it takes to run at this kind of scale and not just run at the scale, but run um, efficiently, run reliably. And to the extent we can run cost effectively so that we can share as much of that with the developer community as possible.
1: Yeah. So, you know, talking about scale. It's been a really interesting year from a scale point of view, year 18 months, right? Um, the Some of the things are really different for us. As I mentioned before, we're not, hey, make a web request to us. And we give you a response back. We have a client that has a rich 3D engine. We're running that 3D engine also in the cloud because so much of what's going on in these experiences is shared and we need to be able to resolve physics and collisions and other aspects of gameplay that have to be done in a central central way. Um, that's very real time. Like latency is key in all this. It means we need to manage our distance to the end user, which who are global, by the way. So we can't just assume we can base it out of one place everything's going to work. We need to be able to then also tie that to a really rich set of services. So we've really built a set of APIs that are kind of a very experience-oriented cloud, right? And it means people can store developers can store stuff. They can um, get their their assets translated automatically. You know a fifth-year-old with a great idea is not going to go hire a professional team of japanese translators to turn their game into japanese right this all has to happen automatically and then when people come and play we've got to figure out how do we make that experience as rich for them as possible and you know that means being with your friends and so we've got to sort all that out and figure out where to place you if all your friends are together. Who are your real close friends? Put them in the same place. Maybe you're international. Where's the optimal placement for that? Really, very complex. But as I think we've seen um, over the the past year, when, when we do it right, folks are really engaged and 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 excited to participate in it. And I think we're doing a reasonably good job of that. Hey,
0: I don't know, Dan, if how much you want to share about behind the scenes what's going on. I know we've got numbers like over two teraflops of our own bandwidth and tens and tens of data centers and tens of thousands of servers um, i know enough that we do edge term and other cool things like that and i know this runs really cost effectively anything you could add on add color to what i
1: the riff i started there yeah so so as you point out we're, we're working a massive scale Um, We actually build out primarily our own cloud and run this on our own infrastructure. You know, I get this question from a lot of folks, how can that be affordable? The scale-out cloud vendors are so good at this. Well, you know, I I worked at one of those scale-out cloud vendors. I kind of understand the math, and the reality is that the scale we're operating at, this starts to become very efficient when you manage it well. As you pointed out, we have over two terabits per second of bandwidth. You don't get that for free when you work with a cloud provider, we need to make sure our edge data centers are connected as efficiently as possible to the place where we actually store persistent data and um that takes an entire infrastructure and platform team to kind of build up that aspect of our cloud but the net result is it costs us about a third of what it would cost us to even a well-negotiated deal on a cloud provider and that savings goes directly to payouts so we can give to our developers so it's really important we do that because it's central to the whole ecosystem Um, but i love what we're doing you know we're thinking about um not just where do we place hardware what should that hardware look like how do we start to customize it over time Um, what are the software layers that provide the best metaphors to make us efficient internally and then make things efficient for our developers as they run in this very complex environment i've heard some of these sometimes there's these three statements that are hard to
0: exist at the same time and one that i like to think about is maybe two statements is mega scale and self-service at the same time one of the things i'm excited about over time as we build out our own platform layer is that possibility someday that we're running roblox on some of the same stuff that our developers are running on whether it's a persistence back end or analytics event capture system or lambda functions in the cloud I know it's still early on this and, you know, I I'm, I'm just love the idea of it. Do you think we'll ever get there and start to overlap some of these?
1: Oh, I absolutely think we will. I mean, that's absolutely the vision and we do that in other places. So, for example, the way we are increasingly building the app you use and experience in Roblox is the way game developers start to build games. We're coding in Lua just like they do. And I expect that to expand absolutely into, we're starting with analytics we have a lot of analytics as a company how do we provide that data to our game developers or experience developers in a way that also preserves privacy and takes all the thinking of that away from them so it's it abstracts away from that but going forward i absolutely see a world where experiences are going to need pieces of custom code, and we're going to have to provide a much more generalized platform environment for them to, whether it's Lambda functions or even small stateful functions into our cloud that they can run safely, securely, keeping cost reasonable across the board in the same way we develop. So, you know, long term, I think we will be eating our own dog food, as they say, or drinking our own champagne, maybe is a better term. And we will be building a platform with really experienced developers in mind that we also leverage to build our internal components. Yeah, one one other fact
0: that a lot of people out there might not realize is in the core game serving engine and client engine, because we're so focused on such a specific thing, immersive 3D avatar cloud, physically simulated stuff, we've built out a very... Roblox vertical stack to support that all the way from the, the back end servers to the client, the networking and all of this. And one of the things I'm really excited about is because we control that total stack is scale on size of avatars and size of experiences um, behind the scenes. I think it's we've commented publicly that we're starting to experience with our town hall and you know Roblox holiday parties, that numbers that aren't readily available but I'm really excited that we control our own server infrastructure and the networking and the client to, to realize this, any, any thoughts around scaling
1: our game engine and what might be possible someday? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest assets I think we have in the fact that we deploy our own hardware is that we can customize the specs on that. And while today we're just in early stages of this around kind of like kind of TCO sort of stuff, making sure we have exactly the right build of these servers, um, increasingly we see the ability to really talk about what, what is the optimal interconnect across, let's say, a rack of machines. And um, as we think about how do we massively scale the game engine, that really will end up being a hardware software co-design in how we yeah. think about it. Um, you know, accessibility to custom hardware is has skyrocketed in the industry as a whole, and that's something I fully expect we will, take advantage of and and use those trends as we move forward, but doing it in a way where we're thinking about that vertical design of the whole game engine. It's not like any other typical workload. It has some very specific things. It does a lot of it, has a lot of specific latency requirements, and we need to build that into the spec for what we do at the hardware end. The great thing is, since we are deploying our hardware, you know, the only thing limiting us in doing that is our own creativity and ingenuity.
0: Yeah, I think we've, for fun, put some labels on some of the hardware we built and rather than CPUs or GPUs, we call them IPUs for Imagination Processing Units. So, for riffing once again on all of the different teams and groups in the company around technical challenge, um, same thing for me. It's they're all. It's almost as if they're all of our my kids, and they're all equally favorite. Are for you? Are there any technical challenges in the future that are especially exciting?
1: sure well you know um we're starting to do some exciting things with voice and what i'm most excited about with some of the things we're looking at from a voice point of view is just the we are a global so the degree we can accelerate global communication in a really rich immersive manner i think is going to be really really interesting um and then of course because we're global think about how does that voice translate maybe someday into automatic translation? How do we keep it safe for everyone? Because you know, safety, Dave, I don't need to tell you this, but just for our listeners, it is central to everything we think about here. Um, It is a lot harder to moderate voice than a a text chat, but we're gonna do it. I mean, we're already looking at ways to do that. How do we in real time moderate um, voice communications? But then once we unlock that, sort of experiences that we can create that are both safe but super engaging for people of all ages i'm i'm incredibly excited about all that
0: yeah i think as we bring more ml and ai into the mix just relentlessly on trust and safety we you know we, we've even since when we started the company we had the vision that for some users we need a fair amount of freedom for other users it's almost as if we need to simulate someone watching them all the time and everything in between based on how much safety tech we deploy and you know everything i've seen is we're we're going in a really cool direction there
1: yeah i agree it's also an area where back to like all these uniquely roblox problems right going back to that moderation of voice there's a lot of great work on natural language processing in the world out there um there's a a growing amount of work on what safety looks like, but in a sense more broadly with sentiment analysis and AI. But not too many folks are putting it all together and saying, hey, and we've got 100 milliseconds to make a good decision on what you're saying right now before we bleep you out or something like that, right? So I think that's an example of where things are uniquely Roblox, uniquely exciting, and I'm very confident we're going to solve these problems in some really groundbreaking ways. There's, um,
0: within all the groups in Roblox, there's one that, Um, early on, I worked on. And that was the whole idea of trying to simulate reality as much as possible. And even 15 years ago, when we started Roblox, one of the big thoughts we had is the more we're trying to build physically simulated real world stuff, the easier long term it will be for people to create content. And that went all the way from we we wanted cars on roblox to have wheels and motors and axles and when the wheel fell off the car just wouldn't work and we wanted ultimately if someone accidentally dropped a match in the roblox forest it might start the forest on fire accidentally and we also had a lot of um dreams around some very difficult technical challenges with respect to immersive 3d gaming um things like um, one of our pet passions was the show junkyard wars where you're literally welding and cutting and putting new things together with a team in real time and then driving the things you've made and and all of that can you you know just mention a, when we think of game engine the underneath it the various teams that make that up cuz it's so much bigger than that and you know for our our listeners they might be interested to hear the breadth of things we have to tackle within the game engine right right so
1: you know um so first and foremost you know just to kind of go through the teams we we have of course like you mentioned a team that kind of focuses on the physics we have a team that has to focus on the rendering how do we See all this. Um, really important team on the networking. We're inherently distributed, right? And and that networking stack is so important. And as you and I know, can often be the limiting factor in all the other creativity we have on how to get the data back and forth in in an efficient um, way that works across all devices. Um, we you know we have a team that really focuses, of course, on like the security of of this entire platform. You know, people playing experiences will always look for a way to game the game. Right. And, and we got to be aware of that on top of it. Um, one thing I love about our game engine team, though, they also have a, a team that's really focused on making themselves more efficient. And I like, you know, kudos to any engineering team that does that. I think it's the best practice and something we're, we're pushing across roadblocks. Mm-hmm. But really, how do they ensure they have all the tools to be super efficient? And then, of course, uh, a team that really focuses on all the different sorts of cool um, widgets and components, a team working on the Lua language that you need. Um, I'm sure I'd left someone out here, but it just shows you the variety within this entire game engine team and all the pieces that kind of have to come together to make it happen. And I shouldn't forget the matchmaking team that is responsible for, hey, I'm joining an experience. Where's the right place to put me? It has to work intimately with the game engine, make good decisions on that.
0: Yeah, these are all super, super exciting. And you know, ultimately the challenge I believe is going to be how do we have 50,000 people in a stadium listening to a concert with the technical challenge of if your friend is all the way on the other side of the stadium and you wave a flag, you can see them wave the flag back, which is a really difficult technical technical problem. Another one that I um, maybe, you know, see isn't super noticeable, but this notion of self serve and our hope that ultimately. Uh, either a large team or a new game creator, when they push live, one of the experiences they've made, it's, it's once again, combinatorial excellence. It's running on any device, phone, tablet, computer, console. It's auto-translating into any language, ultimately, and ultimately starting to be aware of policy in other regions as well, which is... Is really three dimensions of combinatorial excellence. This this team is interesting because it's it's a little more under the covers, but it's it's powering that dream that the metaverse is this common stuff, and if you push it once, you can consume it on any device or anywhere. Uh, what do you think about the challenges that they might have to do in the future?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a, there's two angles I look at that from. First, um, is When a creator is creating something, they want to be able to push it once and it can kind of go anywhere. And and you call a lot of the big challenges there around making sure it translates, making sure like, you know, one player in the same experience could be in a rich 3D VR environment. The other could be on, you know, the hand-me-down phone their parents gave them, right? Like And be able to have a rich experience in both those things and have it work across all that without... Having to make our developers super smart in the ways of all this technology is a big challenge. The other big and interesting thing is who's a creator anyway? Like, so today we kind of a fairly bifurcated world of you're like, you're in studio and you're a developer or you're playing experience. But even today, it doesn't stop there. And, you know, you mentioned junkyard wars, but I see a world where everyone gets to be a creator. You always see this in things like Adopt Me and Brookhaven, where people are customizing their homes at one level. but where you can have game creation games, avatar creation games, and you're actively building and adding to the platform in a persistent way through these experiences, you don't need to be sitting there cranking out Lua code for the most part to make many of these things happen. Yeah,
0: features like that and functionality like that is always exciting on our platform. It goes all the way back to We ran for a couple months before we shipped Roblox Studio with one or two live Roblox places and peak concurrency about 10 or 20. We just saw this giant change in the curve. The second Roblox Studio went live and within a week, hundreds of creations, we we immediately knew we had hit on something based on this systems approach. so this then comes to this next fun connection for people out there, and that is, with all of these different technical challenges, are there what are the you know are there some universal capabilities around engineering we need versus unique ones? Because you know, hardcore our game engine is C SIMD, and then at the same time, back in our infra stuff, we're running all kinds of more cloud code. Any thoughts on what's unique and also what's um, general around who we need to help us build this?
1: Well, I think one of the exciting things about Roblox is, you know, smart, creative, energized people. We kind of, given the breadth of our technology, there's generally a place for almost anyone in the company. So you mentioned game engine, C++, a lot of graphics experience, um, but we build a lot of back end apps. The majority of our engineers are probably working on back end systems whether that is you're trying to build the the platform software everyone else is gonna use or the hardware others are gonna use, or just, you know, you're building the translation app or the content management app. Um, These, we just need a lot of great engineers. I think what works best at Roblox is when folks come in because of the technical challenges, not because you want to major in a specific technology. A lot of what we do here is fairly custom to us because of the uniqueness of the problems. But I've found as we look for talent, we talk to other folks out there, you know, if you're just motivated and you have a good basis in technology or excited to learn more, you do really well in this company. I mean, take myself for example. When I first joined, people were like, why are you joining Roblox? You don't work in 3D graphics. I'm like, they don't need another 3D graphics guy. I got plenty of them. I'm coming in with my background in systems and platform and so on and able to add to it. Dave knows plenty about what we're doing on the front end. And so everyone can kind of find their niche and really contribute here. And guess what? You also then get to learn about all this other stuff that you might not have known about before. So again, if you're curious, this is a fantastic place to be.
0: Part of, um, part of what we're trying to do with this notion of 50 plus product engine teams, engineering teams, all innovating a year or two out, taking big leaps, iterating on their way to getting there. It's a really high bar to try to scale the company at, at innovation. And I'm, I'm really excited the way we're doing it. And it's, it's what has gotten us to where we are. Can you comment a bit about, you know, the, complexity of trying to mix both execution, getting stuff done iteratively with a big vision and more and more we're seeing our teams become autonomous around this and seeing more and more teams, you know, without a lot of input from executives, you know, act as if they're their own entity with a big view. Can you talk a little about that? Because I think it's a, it's a, kind of an underpinning of our vision to scale
1: innovation as we grow. Yeah. So, maybe on a few fronts. First of all, I think one of the best, most exciting values we have at Roblox is this take the long view value. And while it sounds great to any engineer, oh, we're going to kind of build it the right way, it's actually also one of the hardest. Because when you hold yourself to a standard that what you're doing cannot be the quick shortcut that just gets the job done, but you really need to think long term and then iterate towards it. It can hurt sometimes. You know, like it, it can be painful to hold yourself to that standard constantly. But I think by doing so, we really do a great job of think of pushing a platform that's going to do unique things and particularly open things up to our developers in a way that wouldn't be opened up otherwise. Then the question is how do you take that and execute? Once you have that long-term plan, how do you execute towards it? And I'm really glad that we're able to enable our teams to have a fair, quite a lot of autonomy. So they do, uh, you know, you know this. They check in with us almost monthly. I'm like, is our strategy aligned? Are we going the right way? But then how they get it done, we really look to these smaller teams. Do you know, we, we? have these groups. Um, I think we got about fifteen of them in the company, and they kind of run like almost autonomous companies um, within the company. And we try to play more of a board of director role in, in that, and. With the slight tweak on that being, of course, because it's one user experience, we sometimes have to think about how do things cross these. And we call these our arcs, like the big cross uh, group components. It works pretty well. I like the idea that execution is is pushed down in the organization. And then we all make sure we're in sync on strategy so we don't deliver an experience that just doesn't do it for our, our users or our developers, right? So that kind of strategy checking at the top execution being innovative on how you get there from the bottom and we kind of meet in the middle on getting these things done i think gives us a lot of ability to scale in a pretty unique way and, and we're seeing that like we've scaled massively even just since i've joined and it's holding together pretty well you know and we're still doing things that push the cutting edge one of the ways we've historically thought about innovation is
0: there's a feeling during the development of some technical capability that when this technical capability or product functionality goes live there could be exponential interesting things that happen it's it's almost the anything can happen theory and we we for sure had that feeling both around roblox studio we had it around the virtual economy we we weren't sure but we just thought by building this system it might take on a life of its own and scale forever and I think in, the, in reviewing all the teams we just did last week, I, I saw a lot of that kind of anything can happen idea, which is really exciting. Are there any other ways you think about innovation, Dan? Like, that's my metric. I get excited. I think we're taking the long view. Um, for you, is there a, a way you, when you see innovation, you think of it?
1: Think of it as um, how do we think in terms of what might happen, just take our number of users and the types of things they're doing it, doing with it and multiply it by at least a factor of five, if not 10, right? Um, I think one of the things you touched on is, is really exciting in that context, which is anything can happen. So don't build for a use case. With our development community, you can never assume you know how it's gonna be used. So it's more about putting primitives out there that when combined, can do incredible things so we discussed that with avatar like the way we're gonna put this completely hands of a creator community to do things we discussed it with voice and I won't go into too much detail but the unique way we're doing voice I think is the definite yeah we don't exactly know it's going to be used anything could happen and the way we're thinking about scale we don't exactly know what a 50,000 player experience might look like but we we think people are going to come up with really unique ideas and one of, one of the real benefits of roblox is we roblox don't have to have the awesome idea on how it's going to be used we've got a million plus strong developer community and they're going to have the great ideas right and what we need to do is just unlock the barriers so when we think about innovation it's about unlocking not about hitting a specific delivery vision in what we do
0: yeah we learned very early on that our creator community is vastly better than we are at making just about anything related to experiences, avatars, content, all of that stuff. And the more we've leaned into it, I think the more successful we've been and humbled at the same time, which has been uh, really wonderful for us. Um. Hey, so for engineers out there, this is su- such a broad thing around uh trying to share advice with engineers about their careers Um, and there's so much opportunity and so much so many interesting things out there do you have any of your favorite advice for engineers that are looking for
1: challenge in their career yeah and you know all i can do is the advice of what's worked well for me but um the biggest takeaway from my own career is if you keep learning and keep growing your own understanding of what can happen and finding challenging problems, all the other good stuff tends to follow, right? Like I have never set up on my career for how am I going to get this title or how am I get this sort of responsibility or how am I going to work specifically on um, this problem because I think it's hot in the market. It's always been like, wow, that looks interesting. That looks different from what I did before. I wanna go try that. I mean, you look at my background, I've been a researcher. I've built really big products in IBM or big enterprise things, but we didn't move very fast. Um, I went to Google where I kind of saw from bottoms up how to like just build out scale. I went to Cloudera, which was working in deep data analysis. Again, working with like of the biggest companies out there and now roblox like these are all been really really different it has not been the fastest point for me from a to b is to follow a straight line it's like been very zigzaggy and it's been incredibly fulfilling so i would say just always be curious always keep learning and of course combine that with like just trying to make a difference and caring about what you do and i think all the other good stuff follows
0: yeah one that's exactly right one of the for me um for our more for our engineers that might be coming out of right out of university or college or getting started in careers one thing that really struck me when i jumped out into the quote real world was how non-linear it was in high school and college i could just follow the track and do the next thing and the next thing but all of a sudden I, i popped out into the real world and it's like oh my gosh um i have to make a little bit of my own world One one thing I've done with several new college grads as far as a mentorship is work with them to figure out what they're good at, what they're interested at, and then reach out to the companies that they find interesting rather than just read the job specs and reach out to senior people just saying, here's what I know. I love your company. Here's what I'm good at. It's, it's not super frequent that, you know, you or I, I think, get those direct reach outs. And I've seen a lot of success in kind of leaning in that way rather than just scanning what's out there.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, the reason for reaching out should be because you're curious about something, you know, not because, oh, you're a hot company and I yeah. think growing really quickly. I mean, those are good things. There's a lot of fun in being in a growth company, no doubt about that. So I'm not I don't mean to discount that. But, you know, Dave, you and I have kids roughly about the same age, late late high school to just out of college sort of range. And you're right. No one's going to come and say, here is the curriculum for your life. Like, it doesn't work that way. And that's why I've always been driven by just, like, trying to get something done and try to keep learning and put your head up and think about, what really makes things tick and 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 makes the world work, you know. And I think I think if you can do those things as a new college grad, reach out to people. Most people will be thrilled to hear from you, particularly if there's like a genuine reason for the reach out and you know they'll connect back with you.
0: Yeah, that's um super great advice. And I think everyone out there who's starting off into engineering, that's they're lucky to to hear that from you, Dan. Um, so hey, this. This went by faster than I thought. Um, I think we're coming up on time, Dan. Thanks for um, popping out of your busy day to hang out for a bit. Likewise, Dave. It's been a lot of fun and, and good to have this sort of chat. Okay. I will see you tomorrow at our executive breakfast. Until then, this is uh, Dave and Dan on Tech Talks. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dave. that's all for this episode of tech talks thanks for listening to learn more about careers at roblox visit roblox.com forward slash careers i'm david Bazuki. see you again next time